We are in the middle of a look at our core values, of which there are nine in our church documents that indicate what kind of church we wish to be. And this morning we're looking at the fourth and fifth of those. We looked at the biblical foundation of these last week. And so we did a number of things with some scriptures last week that talked about the Bible itself and our devotion to scripture and the place of scripture in our lives. And this morning we're going to do that, but we're going to do it from a practical perspective and just ask the question of how it is that we can actually be more dependent upon scripture than what we currently are. And I won't ask you to raise your hands, but I think it's appropriate for me to just ask this question, okay? How many of you really seriously, on a regular basis, read the Bible, okay? On a serious basis, regularly, how many of you really do read the Bible, Because we say all the time how important this is, but it's such a different thing from saying how important it is and actually doing something about it. And my sense is that most Christians, and I think our church would probably be representative of this, most Christians, I think, recognize the importance, of course, of Scripture and would say, yeah, dependence on the Bible, reading the Scriptures, this is really, really important for us, but we don't always do it as much as we perhaps indicate we should do based on how importantly we apparently take it. So this morning, I, I certainly want us to be confronted with that question. And for us to have to ask ourselves the question, am I actually reading the Bible? Do I really do this? Because it needs to be done. And then I want to talk a little bit here for a a few moments just about some things that I think we should be doing in terms of reading the Bible. So continual dependence on Scripture so that what we value, follow, teach, and practice will be found to derive from God's Word as it is found in Scripture. We will learn, understand, and be continually transformed by God's guidance as found in the Christian Bible. That's our value. That's what we value. The question is, do we actually do what we say we value? And I hope that we do. So, Continual dependence on scripture then uh, needs to manifest itself in us in some various ways. For example, I think it's a great thing if people treasure their special copy of the Bible in a translation that they love. Now, you may have lots of different Bibles, you may have lots of translations, and that's fine. I think there's something really positive about having a relationship with your Bible. Like if you, if you look in the front of my Bible, for instance, my Bible says, this is uh, an inscription, okay? It says, presented to Kelly Carter by Steve Mann on the anniversary of our trip to Africa in November 1988. Now the reason that Steve bought this Bible for me a year after our trip to Africa is because on our trip to Africa, I had another Bible that I still have, which was really dear to me, and it was given to me as a gift from the first church that I served. But on that trip in 1987, the cover fell off while we were on the trip. 
And Steve knew that. He was with me. I think, in fact, I think we were in a hotel room in London, and I was reading my Bible, and all of a sudden the cover just came unhooked from the rest of the pages and everything. Because I'd had it for a while and was using it all the time. And so a year later, I don't know why it took him a year, but a year later, Steve decided he was going to buy me a new Bible. So he did. And he put that in there. It's interesting because he has another Bible that he bought at the same time. It's exactly like this one except a different color. And the inscription, it says, presented to Steve Mann by Billy Billy Graham for your outstanding Christian service. (laughs) And I don't think that Billy Graham gave it to him. But but that's what it says. I've seen it. So I, I think there's something really cool about having a Bible that means a lot to you. Now these days, of course, people don't just have paper copies of the Bible. People have electronic copies of the Bible. I don't know if it's as cuddly to warm up to a phone as it is to your leather-bound Bible when you're in bed at night trying to read or any other time. But nonetheless... I know that's the case, that some people do have a love affair with their phones and with the electronic version. And so if that's where you're at, perfect. I hope it's of great blessing to you. Um, But I think we should all have something when it comes to the word of God that we hold dear to our hearts, where it just, there's something about it that moves us on the inside to even be uh, in possession of such a thing. And I think the Spirit does something there in enduring to us this precious possession. Mark? Yeah, I, I got my Bible here. This was edited by Randy Class in 1984, uh, March 25th. But anyways, about this Bible here, the, the uh, same thing, I don't the cover of the page is starting to fall off. I actually, I had this rebound. Right. There was a 38th Street, and I, I don't know if you can get that done now, but yeah. Oh, I'm sure you can. I went by a bindery the other day, and I thought, because this one here is, uh, I've got some loose pages and stuff in it, and I, you know, it probably could use to be rebound, and I thought, oh, I should take this in and get it rebound again. So, anyway, that's just a comment. I think we should love our Bibles. Love them to death. Have it be precious to you. I hope it is for you. Secondly, get over your fear of marking it up. Especially when somebody gets a brand new Bible, you know, they're a little bit afraid sometimes that maybe they shouldn't write in it. I was actually with somebody the other day and we were studying together and his Bible was fairly new to him and he looked at mine and then he looked at his and he took out a pen and he started making notes in the margin. And I thought, this is interesting because it looked like, you know, it was almost like as the pen is moving to the page, he was a little afraid that maybe he shouldn't do this. But he, but he decided to go ahead and do it. So he was writing some notes in his Bible. And I think we need to. Now again, with the electronic version, because it's not quite so warm to us, perhaps, maybe this is even easier. You can highlight spots and make notes, you know, in the, in the electronic notation that you can make and those kinds of things. Maybe, it, maybe psychologically and emotionally it's easier to do that in the electronic version than it is in these beautiful pages that sometimes, like this one has silver on the, uh, you know, on the edge, the gilded edge, is, is that what it's called? Gilded? Gilding edge? It's not gold in mine, it's just silver. I'll have to talk to Steve about that. But um, but yeah, we can do that uh, electronically and you can do it in your own. And I really encourage you to write in your Bibles. Now, some people still say, oh, I can't do it. I just can't bring myself to write in the Bible. Um, 
Theologically, there's no problems with this, however. And so it may be an emotional problem for you that you'll have to work through, but I really encourage you to make notes in your Bible. You know, my, my Bible is, like I've got places where, uh, you know, there's more notes than there are typed letters. And I, you know, I just think that there's something wonderful in the connection that I have with Scripture through my own note-taking and, and writing those in and the words that I circle and all of that. So that's something I encourage in you as well. Thirdly, formulate a reading plan. Now, the beautiful thing about today is that we can get online and there are scads of reading plans for reading the Bible uh, so that if you can't come up with one yourself, you think, well, I, you know, I don't really know what pattern I want to use in reading scripture. There are so many of these that are out there available for free online. And I certainly encourage you to get online and look and develop some kind of reading plan. Now, of course, it it won't help you if you don't follow it, but I really encourage you to to do that. And I think you will be blessed if you do it. If nothing else, you'll find yourself reading a broader range of scripture if you have some kind of reading plan that if you're just you know, picking it up and just reading it, you're going to tend to go to the same scriptures over and over again. And, you know, there's some things that you'll dismiss. So I really encourage you to formulate a reading plan. Fourthly, pray before you read. Is it not the case that we believe that the Holy Spirit has inspired scripture? And isn't it the case that we think the Spirit is with us as we attempt to know God better? Doesn't it only make sense that the Spirit is going to use his word in speaking to our hearts and minds and, and to our spirits in helping us to grow and move forward. And so I really encourage you to pray before you read because this is a supernatural exercise as God, and God is going to bless you in the process if you do that. Pray before you read. Keep a Bible reading journal. You know, when I was, uh, when I was a young Christian... And even when I was, my first church, the first church I was in ministry, it was amazing to me the number of people who kept notes about everything that they did at church. Like, for example, right now, you're all looking at me. I don't think there's anybody in the room taking notes. Now, maybe you took out your camera and you're going to take a picture of the screens or something. That's a possibility, okay? Things have changed. But in the old days, people would always take notes. I, you know, for years and years and years, I recorded notes to every sermon that I heard uh, when I was sitting in an audience. And I think there's something really productive about that. And I think journaling when you read your Bible can do the same kind of thing for us. And so I really encourage you to not only have a reading plan and follow it, but then to write down the things that you read, reflections. If nothing else, you can write all this stuff in your in your margins of your Bible and then record it in some kind of notebook as well. And then when your Bible gets to the point like mine is and it's kind of fallen apart and you don't know if you're going to keep all the pages forever, then you've got a record of the things that you've studied for the last 30 years. So I would encourage you to do that too. Get help with reading and studying scripture. Another beautiful thing and dangerous thing, potentially dangerous thing about our world right now is that you can get online and you can read a thousand different comments about just about any verse in the Bible that you want to look at. Now, there is some danger to that because there are some people who could lead others astray with an interpretation that is perhaps not justified. But there are also hundreds of really great resources out there for a person to understand better what is going on in Scripture when they read the Bible. 
And sometimes we, you know, we read too quickly. Uh, recently, there was a book published called How to Read Slowly. And I think that's a great title, How to Read Slowly. Um, you know, 30 years ago, it was Evelyn Wood, Speed Reading Course. And I just don't know that we can grasp everything in Scripture that we need to grasp by doing the Evelyn Wood thing. And so I encourage you to read slowly. And there are people out there who offer themselves as great resources, allowing us to study deeply and to learn much better the things that we're reading in Scripture than just reading on our own and just trying to get through it. So I really encourage you to actually study and learn and not just read the Bible. And if you ever think to yourself, well, I, you know, I don't know who's good, uh, I don't know who's reputable or dependable in terms of resources, please give me a call you know, or send me an email and I can help you with at least those people that I respect uh, in terms of my own study. And, and hopefully that will be a blessing to you. Get help with reading and studying scripture. And, and if you ever, uh, like I've told you before, uh, when I was in high school, it was very typical for me to be reading my Bible at home and all of a sudden find something that just was amazing to me or that I wanted to know something about. And I'd jump in the car and run down to the church building and grab the preacher and say, what's this about? And so he would tell me. And so I really encourage you to ask other people. We have... Uh, people in our church family who know the Bible pretty well. And I, w- I would encourage you to ask them if you need some help with that. Steve? Just thinking about uh, you put me on to N.T. Wright and Udemy. Oh, yeah. So our care group was doing one course by N.T. Wright. The guy is incredible. The yeah. Bible knowledge, how he lays out the history that's, that's occurring at the time. Right. Very good. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I, I am going to say something about something similar to that here in a moment. But again, there are so many resources out there that it is amazing. And again, for basically any verse in the Bible you want to study, you're going to find someone out there who has something to say about it. Um, but then there's also all kinds of classes that you can take online. Uh, watch videos. Uh, he's mentioned what Steve's talking about is Udemy, which is a, an online university. And they... Uh, you know, reputable scholars from all kinds of fields put classes up that you can pay a fairly reasonable rate for and say for 25 bucks you can take a video online course with N.T. Wright or somebody like that. And these things are amazing. I mean, the quality of education that you can get online like that is just outstanding. Uh, a lot of the seminaries these days, because they videotape or record, I should say, their professors teaching... Uh, they then make those available through their libraries uh, or through their bookstores. And you can go to a place like Regent College in Vancouver online and order classes directly from Regent College and, again, pay a relatively small fee and find yourself with a seminary education just by watching these video classes. So, yeah, the resources out there right now are amazing if we want to get into this, and I hope that you do. So get some help with reading and studying the scripture. There's tons of resources uh, by which to do so. Participate in Bible education. And even in our own city here, we have opportunities. Certainly we do some things for the church uh, with our Sunday morning Bible classes or our life groups. Alberta Bible College offers courses. They offer courses in the evening that you could take that would help you 
to study the Bible better. And then the whole online thing, as we were just discussing, is has become huge and is just going to grow. You know, in fact, it's so cool. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, Jonathan mentioned earlier that it's the 500th, 500th anniversary of the Reformation. It was on October 31st in 1517 that Martin Luther posted the 95 Theses on the church door at Wittenberg and started the Protestant Reformation. So, we're, and, and by the way, I, I, I don't know if you remember this. A couple of years ago, Robin and I went to Europe for an anniversary trip, and our son Ryan planned this beautiful trip for us. And he said to me before we went on the trip, he said, Kelly, no, he didn't say Kelly. He said, dad, um, he said, dad, there's this, he said, I want to know if there's anything that you specifically want to do. Cause he had planned the whole trip for us and everybody kind of got some input. Robin wanted to go paragliding, which we did, uh, which blew me away that my wife wanted to do that, but she just, she did. And then they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to go to Wittenberg. I want to go where the reformation started and I want to see the church and all that kind of thing. We got up the morning to go to Wittenberg and there was a train strike. And the one thing on our whole trip that we didn't get to do was go to Wittenberg. And now the 500th anniversary is here and I haven't been there yet. So, uh, and how does that have to do anything with what I was just saying? Um, oh, because we need to learn these kind of things, okay? We need to, to broaden our horizons uh, and learn more than what we currently do. And so... Keeping up with things like church history and knowing when the Reformation happened is a good thing. We can learn things like that. Read with a group. And of course, I think specifically of life groups. So I really encourage you to do some study in there, be a part of a group. Uh, but of course, we have other groups that take place. Uh, ladies Bible study here on a Thursday morning or in this group. Other Bible classes maybe in the spring. And we should take opportunity to read with a group. It's very beneficial to have others help you with your understanding. Be consistent and always start again if you stop. Most people get excited about different things in life and they're on fire and they do them for a short period and then they stop. Well, it's probably going to happen to you too. Start again. There's no reason why you can't start again. And again, be reading the Bible and learning all the things that you want to. So that's uh, the kind of things that I wanted to say this morning about our focus on the Bible and our uh, uh, connection to Scripture. And it fits perfectly with the second of the core values that we wanted to discuss this morning, and that has to do with growing in our personal relationships with God, which allow us, in fact, to view people and situations from a different perspective. As we come to know God, we will see to some degree with his eyes, his love, and his understanding. And that's the fifth of the core values that is listed in our core value statement. And, of course, Bible reading, dependence on Scripture, fits so well into what it means for us to grow in Christ. But some things that go along with that. First of all, we need to devote ourselves to an attitude of growth as exemplified in Romans 12.1 and Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And I want you to turn, if you will, in your Bibles to Acts 2.42. We've seen this verse many, many times. But it, it expresses something that we need to always receive because this says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer and then it goes on and describes their life together this new life that they now had as Jews who have become Christians and it describes their life together together 
their worship together, their praise together. And even it describes the way the Lord blessed them by adding to their number daily. And if I had to to kind of describe all of this, one way to describe it would be to say that they had a certain perspective. They had developed a new worldview. They had a certain attitude about what it meant now to live life. And to live life for them was now an attitude that incorporated these kinds of things. And they devoted themselves to this as a lifestyle. So that when someone asked them, who are you? Their identifying characteristic as a person would not necessarily be, I'm an engineer, or I'm a doctor, or I am in IT. Their identifying mark and their attitude perspective about life would be that they were Christian. Their worldview was that they had devoted themselves to these kinds of things. And so it's a serious question that we need to ask ourselves about whether or not we devote ourselves to these kinds of things. If we did devote ourselves to these kinds of things, we wouldn't have to do much explaining about why it's important for us to be dependent upon Scripture. Because we would all recognize just how important that is in each one of our lives. So there's an attitude and a perspective about life that we need to hold, where we devote ourselves to an attitude of growth. And by the way, sometimes I think that the way we do church uh, runs in the face of this. In fact, the way we do conversion runs in the face of this. Because sometimes we act as though what we need to do is get people converted to Jesus. We need to get people to be baptized in Christ. And while that needs to happen, that's not this. To have someone come to Jesus and to give themselves to him initially is different than an attitude of ongoing growth among us. And so if you're thinking about being baptized... If you're recently been baptized, please understand that that wasn't the end. That's just the beginning. And that there's a whole life ahead of us. And an attitude of growth concerning that life is going to be really beneficial if we consider things that way. Secondly, constantly assess your priorities. Isn't it the case that we in our age today especially are so easily distracted? It is the case that there are a thousand things calling for our attention constantly. And it's so easy to have our minds taken away from those things which are most important. It'd be nice to think that every day, every Christian was thinking to him or herself, how can I grow in Jesus today? How can my relationship with God be furthered? But we just get distracted. There are just so many other things that are calling for our attention. And so I'd love it if we could find ourselves establishing priorities that would keep us really focused on our personal growth in Christ. And do you know the things are 
what the things are that distract you. You know what they are. I don't have to tell you. And you know when you're being distracted by them. So let's work on then not being as distracted by those things as we sometimes are. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 and following says, Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your heart on the spiritual things. And again, we're so distracted. The things that are here evident before us that we can sense, they're always kind of vying for our attention and calling us. But God wants us to set our mind on things above. And so there is a spiritual kind of perspective and attitude that we can take toward life, which is much different than just being caught up in the physical things around us. And again, the things that we can sense. And we need to establish a spiritual perspective. Be faithful about corporate worship and fellowship. And I mentioned specifically Sunday mornings and life group. Like I think these are so very important. And we think sometimes that we just can kind of do without them. And I think that is a mistaken perspective. We really need each other. The reason that the early church in Acts 2.42 and following was devoting themselves to these kinds of things, including devoting themselves to the fellowship and the breaking of bread, was because their faith in Christ so needed it. They They couldn't be as focused and growing like they should if they didn't find themselves around other Christians, being blessed by them all the time. So sometimes we read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and it says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. And we think, well, there you go. We're not supposed to miss out on church. And that is to completely distort the intention of that scripture. The idea is not that there is some rule that we're supposed to keep in attendance. It's because we need each other so badly. The text specifically says, so that we might encourage one another. And that's what we need to do. But we can't do it if you're not, you know, if we're not here together. I need you so badly. Maybe you don't need me as badly as I need you. But I need you. And it's always of incredible encouragement when I gather with Christians and we have a chance to talk about serious things in the Lord. Exercise the spiritual disciplines. We've already talked about one in terms of focus on Scripture this morning, but there are many others. We've been focusing now for weeks on prayer. We continue to do so. And if we exercise the spiritual disciplines, it affords us an opportunity to grow. By the way, let's just talk about what those are. There's, there's going to be somebody sitting here this morning who's, who's thinking to him or herself, I don't think I know what you mean when you say spiritual disciplines. What are we talking about? Prayer, I just mentioned that one. What's that? Fasting is one. Reading scripture is one. We mentioned that one uh, in the first half today. Solitude is one. Just spending time between ourselves and the Lord and and not necessarily even in in focused um, 
worded, whether in your mind or with your voice prayer, but just kind of thinking and meditating and enjoying his presence. What else? What's that? Okay, self-control would be a spiritual discipline for sure. Yeah. Giving? Christian service? Prioritizing? Did you say? Yeah, that, yeah, that would work for sure. Yeah, there's, there's just all kinds of things that we should do. Practices where we say, this is going to help get me closer to the Lord or keep me closer in my relationship with Christ. These are just practices that should exemplify my life. And again, it's, it's important that we not make those become some kind of new rule book that we have to follow. Sometimes Christians have done this as if, give me the list of spiritual disciplines and I'll kind of tick them off. Oh, good. I've completed that one. I prayed, read my Bible, fellowship with the saints, you know, Okay, I'm good at the end of the week. I've done my spiritual disciplines. And of course, God doesn't want us to just tick off a list of activities. What he wants us to do is bask in his presence. He wants us to enjoy the fullness of relationship with him. The spiritual disciplines are simply there because they're the practices that bring us into the throne room of God, into his presence, and allow us to experience him. So I hope that we uh, exercise those. Participate in a specific ministry of service. And of course, there's some many of those that are uh, kind of made opportunity for through our church. The, there's a list posted in the Connection Center of all the different ministries that we have and those who head up those ministries. Um, we'd love to have you be active in one if you're not now. If you think, boy, Kelly, I, I really would love to participate in some kind of Christian service, but I don't know what to do. Come and talk to me about that. I'd love to talk to you about that. Talk to Jonathan or Hope or Dustin and we can uh, certainly discuss with you the possibilities in terms of Christian service. The elders, uh, those who are on that list leading ministries, heading up ministries, go and talk to them and find out how it is that you might be involved. Um, you know, go to, uh, go to Michael and talk to him about life groups and how, how could you prepare yourself to become a life group leader, for example? Like there's just lots of ways in which we can prepare ourselves for service and then do it. So I hope you uh, take advantage of that. Give financially to the church. And I know that's one of the spiritual disciplines that we already mentioned, but uh, sometimes we don't take as seriously as we should the impact that financial giving actually has on us. Because it's not just the ministry of the church that's blessed by our giving. You are blessed when you give. Something happens between you and God when there is a financial connection and you're making a sacrifice uh, to him financially. And so what I, I would encourage you to do so. And then particip- participate in spiritual retreats. And I think that's the last one on my list. Yeah, Participate in spiritual retreats. We do have some that are offered through our church, but then there are others that sometimes other churches will offer. Uh, institutions will offer sometimes different spiritual retreats. And I would encourage you to participate in these kinds of events. They can be wonderful sources of growth. And they oftentimes they expose us to speakers and teachers that we otherwise wouldn't get to hear that are going to be of great blessing to us. So that's just one of those opportunities for spiritual growth that we need to seize. Grab somebody else in the church and say, hey, I heard this is going on at such and such a place. Why don't we go together? Let's go spend the weekend in 
Vancouver listening to so-and-so talk about Jesus. And you're going to be blessed if you do that. It's not, in that sense, for us, it's not that much different than going to camp or something. Um, maybe a different kind of experience than what we sometimes have at camp, but I think you'll be blessed if you go. So there are lots of opportunities for us to grow in the Lord. Focus on Scripture is certainly one of them. And these are two things that our church says we value. These are core values for our congregation and for our people, for us to be focused on Scripture and to take seriously the notion of Christian growth. And I hope that you do. Class dismissed.